Hi everyone, it's been a year. We've been on a pretty long hiatus with the Mountain Stories podcast, and we're excited to be back and excited to be sharing stories of people's connections to the mountains with you again. My name is Brent Olson. Along with Jeff Nichols, I'm one of the directors of the Institute for Mountain Research here at Westminster College in Salt Lake City. The goal of our institute is to think deeply about how people engage with the mountains, to connect people to those mountains, and to share the stories of people who live, work, and play in mountains around the world. As part of that mission, over the last eight months, I've had the chance to work with Dr. Xiaomei Pu on her project, Mountains and Stories, Building Community Among Asian Refugees and Immigrants. We've sat down and talked with a cohort of storytellers about their experience moving to the Salt Lake Valley, living in the Salt Lake Valley, um, and, and the ways that they've connected to the people here, maintained connections to folks back in Asia and the Pacific Islands, and to the Wasatch Mountains. Um, so over the next five months, we'll be hearing from these people. We'll, be, we'll, we'll share these conversations. We'll let these people tell their stories in their own words. Um, but first, today we're really happy to have Dr. Shomei Pu tell us about her inspiration for the project, what she hopes you learn from hearing these stories, and, and what this project means for her. Uh, so, Dr. Pu, thank you for inviting us to collaborate, and uh, we're excited to hear more. My name is Xiaomei Pu. I teach environmental humanities at Westminster College. The project brings together a cohort of storytellers to create a podcast series. Each episode features the storytellers' unique identities, experiences, and stories living in the valley. The storytellers come from a range of age groups, occupations, and ethnicities. The youngest storyteller is a new graduate from elementary school, and the oldest is a grandmother. In the cohort are students, rescue diver, crisis responder, lion dance performer, urban planner, cultural advocate, and employees for local government and non-government organizations. Some of the storytellers are born and grew up in the valley, but many of them are born in another country and immigrated to the U.S. at a young age. They have cultural roots in diverse ethnicities, Chinese, Nipponese, Limbu, Pashtun, Tagalog, and more. Their stories show incredible cultural richness, resilience, and contributions of the Asian communities. I hope those stories resonate with audiences in some way, open up possibilities for better understanding of the diversity in the Asian community in particular, and in Utah in general, and possibilities for imagining and creating social and environmental spaces that can hold more diversity. 
As a part of this project, there will be two public events for storytellers to connect with one another and the broader community. The first public event is scheduled for June 26, the Saturday following World Refugee Day. It will be held at Fitz Park, a city park in South Salt Lake City, where many Asian refugee and immigrant families live. The event is partnered with Promise South Salt Lake and OCA Utah. We will invite the storytellers, their families and friends, representatives from community organizations who work with Asian, Asian refugees and immigrants, and anyone else who is interested. We will enjoy a lion dance blessing ceremony, stories and conversations, and Asian food by women chefs who came to Utah as refugees or immigrants. The hike and picnic is scheduled for the National Immigrants Day weekend in October. It will be another community-building opportunity for the storytellers to reconnect with one another, meet more people, connect with the mountains, reflect on the project, and talk about potential ways of staying connected into the future. That's about uh, the project. I'm very excited about it. I am going to share with you my personal background because I think that's really important. And that's what has led me to this project. I was born and uh, grew up in a village in the southwest of the Sichuan Basin. The name of the village was uh, um, which translates into friendship village. Um, the name has changed to which translates into riverside village. If you go to the website and Google uh, the village's name and zoom in to the scale of 1,000 feet, you will be able to see a tiny dot on the map, uh, on the kind of spider web of rivers and mountains and human settlements. Uh, that is my birthplace which is really, really important to me. And I think uh, it is a great motivator for this project as well. Mountains have been um, part of who I am since an early age. Um, this story I repeatedly heard from my grandmother and my mother was that I am, um, I'm going to speak in the local dialect. <laughs> uh, I am Tao um, Tong. Tong 
is the word for child in the local dialect. Daosan are the words for Mount Onei in the local dialect. So the entire uh, expression can be translated into child of Mount Onei. So that was me. And that was the story I heard repeatedly from my grandmother and my mother. So mountains are my original home, my spiritual home, and part of my identity and who I am. And knowing that is really, really important for me because that helps me to stay grounded when I feel very disoriented in places where I am either a newcomer or a foreigner. I came to the U.S. about 16 years ago to pursue graduate studies in women's studies. I have lived here for about 16 years now, although I did travel back and forth between China and the U.S. But all the, these years living in the U.S. have not been very easy. One of the bigger challenges for me is to learn new things and adapt to new environments while staying connected with my people, relatives, siblings, parents, um, back in China, and trying my best not to forget my first language, uh, not forgetting the stories my mom and grandmother and other people told me, and the knowledge I have learned over there um, those things have shaped who I am, and I don't want to forget that. So, but sometimes it's a great challenge to maintain um, that connection. Another big challenge for me is to stay connected with uh, the Chinese community living here. Yeah, those are my two big challenges of my life living as a foreigner in American soil. So the idea of storytelling to create a space where we can share our experiences and tell stories and stay connected with each other started a few years ago at a dinner table. <laughs> I remember I was invited to a friend's home um, to celebrate the Chinese Spring Festival. There I met um, a family who came from Vietnam um, to the U.S. as refugees. Yeah, I was really struck by the stories they shared with us at the dinner table. 
And I thought to myself, um, more people should hear these stories. Right? More people should hear their stories. So people know that uh, Asians are not just uh, you know, lumbers or data in the U.S. census or the supermarkets on State Street. But the idea was moved to the back burner um, because I am a full-time um, like assistant professor, have a lot of teaching responsibilities, and I was also working on the book project at that time. So uh, it kind of faded into the background. About two years ago, uh, the idea surfaced again when the dean asked me if I was interested in proposing a public humanities engagement project uh, for the Wiping Seed Grant. I thought about it, and finally I sat down to write this proposal, which has evolved into the project uh, we're doing today. Um, and I hope the project creates that space where we share stories and uh, form a sense of community. Okay, in humanities, we often say that you write yourself into existence, right? The idea of this project is that we speak ourselves into existence, okay? By telling stories and sharing experiences. Stories and mountain stories are not just words spit out from our mouths, right? Uh, mountains and the stories are, I think, the expressions of our memories. They are the very evidence of our existence. I also often imagine stories to be the cultural conditioner, like um, the soil conditioner, humus, right? They bear our memories um, and experiences. Uh, if they're not told, they, I don't know, <laughs> so they existed, but they don't come to our consciousness, right? And they cannot be returned to the cultural life cycle to sustain us and continue to flourish us. Oh, they are so important and they function as connections between home places in another country or in other locations and these new mountain environments in so many ways. Most of the storytellers speak a other language. English is not their first language. So listeners will hear accents 
<laughs> well, here grammatical mistakes. Um, I hope this will be an opportunity for listeners to honor um, and appreciate the accents and um, grammatical mistakes. Yeah, as well as uh, think recognize Asians as individuals. Uh, appreciate them as individuals, um, not just a blurry mass where some stereotypes <laughs> represented in movies like Crazy Rich um, Asians were like Kung Fu fighters. that um, these stories resonate uh, with uh, audiences, uh, whether they are part of the Asian community or outside of the community or somewhere in between. I think uh, there is a great opportunity for audiences to develop a better understanding um, of uh, what the Asian community really is, how diverse it is. Many storytellers uh, mention the assets people of the Asian community have. Uh, I think uh, the podcast is an opportunity to know the work they are doing um, and how they contribute to um, the health and the well-being of American society, as well as you know, um, the place. Many storytellers are bilingual or multilingual, but I hope audiences become aware. Um, the diversity of the languages in the um, valley here. Storytellers share with us, you know, um, not just uh, their struggles and the challenges, but also their efforts, their dedication, their um, work, making they value a better place to live, a more diverse place to live. Um, I'm very impressed uh, by the kinds of work they have been doing. For example, um, as I mentioned before, we have a rescue diver, we have a crisis responder, and we have a cultural advocate, uh, we have um, people who work for local government and uh, non-government organizations um, to diversify right, the social landscapes here. And I truly appreciate that. Um, the storytellers uh, have changed my 
understanding of the social landscape in Salt Lake Valley. I'm a relatively newcomer to Salt Lake Valley. I have only lived here for five years, but some of them storytellers have lived there here for three generations, so they know um, they place a lot better. And before I came to Utah, uh, my understanding of this place uh, is very limited. I know, um, you know, it's a country of red rocks, and there is the Great Salt Lake and uh, the LDS community. I didn't hear much. Um, conversations and talks about diversity, how diverse actually the place is. Um, and then I gradually uh, started uh, to notice, um, you know, um, the diversity in this place by going to grocery stores uh, on State Street. Um, where the Asian supermarket is. So um, it is just a place uh, that has, um, you know, many grocery stores and restaurants, um, a pan-Asian place. We have Japanese um, restaurants, Korean bakery, um, Chinese restaurants, Vietnamese restaurants, and grocery stores there. So I began to notice the diversity of the community uh, there. Um, and I think uh, this cohort of the storytellers have testified uh, to the diversity. Right? Um, not just, uh, you know, Asian people are owning restaurants <laughs> and running grocery stores, but they're doing so much more, uh, right? Um, yeah, I think uh, uh, the uh, work in every sector um, of the job market here totally changed uh, my very limited view of Utah and my very limited uh, view of diversity in the Valley. Um, and uh, before this project, uh, um, I didn't see many Asians um, recreating in the mountains where I often go for day hikes. But um, through this project, I got to know that uh, the Asian community actually engages with uh, all kinds of outdoor activities like uh, uh, gardening, uh, hiking, uh, mountain biking, rock climbing, fishing, um, right, and uh, running, these sort of things, and also camping. Yeah, I was really, really impressed, uh, and I'm really happy to know that, <laughs> um, you know, uh, the Asian community is doing great things. And uh, at the same time, uh, we also enjoy uh, the natural beauty of this place.
the uh, efforts to increase diversity uh, have started from the from the grassroots here. I think uh, in the mainstream narrative, we often heard that people from outside of the community is delivering help, <laughs> right, to the community and. Uh, Oftentimes, uh, refugees and immigrants, no matter how long they have lived here and how many generations they have lived here, um, they are still misunderstood right? as you know, people who steal the jobs, uh, people who uh, are dependent on social welfare, uh, they are public charges. So they need a lot of help. The storytellers in this series totally um, deconstruct that uh, mythology about um, Asian refugees and immigrants and any refugees and immigrants in general beyond the Asian community. Right? Uh, the assets they have and the contributions um, they have and their commitment to education of their uh, younger generation and their commitment to um, you know social uh, well-being uh, not just for themselves uh, but also um, for American culture in general. I think uh, um, if uh, a culture is more diverse, it is uh, healthier. Right? Uh, it has a better chance of flourishing. This uh, connective endeavor will not be possible without the support of an amazing group of organizations and individuals. Many thanks to Promise South Salt Lake, OCA Utah, and the Institute for Mountain Research. My deepest gratitude for the cohort of storytellers whose names and stories you will know when the podcast series rolls out from May to October. My greatest appreciation for the support of the Promise South Salt Lake team, Kenny Miranda, Damona Kindell, Bonnie Owens, Edward Lopez, the podcast and documentary team, Brent Olson, and Aaron Cornet-Serrano, Marina McTee, and Natalie Boren. The Community Outreach Coordinators Emilio, Manuela Camus, and Prashanti Nimbu. Many people from outside and within Westminster College have also supported the project in one way or another. Stephen Rankman, Nance Newman, Jeff Nichols, Jeff Driggs, Christy Clay, Mary Alley, Eric Wong, Gundwin Salazar, Emily Swanson, and many more. Thank you all.
And thanks to the Whiting Foundation Public Engagement Programs for supporting the project with a public engagement seed grant. Last but not least, my deepest gratitude to the mountains here and the Salt Lake Valley where we live, work, and play. And I would like to acknowledge that this project is taking place on the ancestral and traditional lands of the Goshut, Shoshone, and Ute peoples. We are real excited for you to hear these stories of these amazing people. Uh, we'll start next week with C, who's the director of the Salt Lake Ma County Mayor's Office for New Americans. Her story is really amazing. It's super fascinating. And we can't wait to share all of these stories with you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to Westminster College. Thanks to the Wasatch Mountains. And thanks to Pixie and the Party Grass Boys. See you next week. Bye.